Well, welcome to Holy Week, everybody. Uh, Holy Week starts today. Holy Week is that week of events that culminates on Easter. So today is the beginning of Holy Week, and we're celebrating Palm Sunday or the triumphal entry when Jesus rides into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. Uh, then as we progress into the week, we have Jesus doing one particular uh, a deed, I guess, where he clears the temple. Remember that story? Clears the temple. There were some people in there using God's house in the wrong way. There was money, uh, the money changers. He uh, cleaned out the temple. That was on Monday. And, uh, and then we progress into the week. Uh, on, on Thursday, we have the final, uh, the Lord's Supper, the final meal with the disciples. And of course, then when we leave behind Thursday, we come into Friday. We call it Good Friday. And what happened on Good Friday? Well, we all know that's where, when Jesus was crucified on Good Friday. And then, of course, then we enter into Easter on Sunday morning. So all those events uh, compromise the, uh, the Holy Week. And today we start the Holy Week, and we do so with uh, being reminded about the triumphal entry or Palm Sunday. Both are referring to the same event, whether it's triumphal entry of Jesus riding into Jerusalem or Palm Sunday, the waving of palm branches and laying them at Jesus' feet. Again, talking about the same event. Uh, the passage we're going to be looking at this morning is found in the Gospel of John. In fact, the triumphal entry, this is some FYI for you, the triumphal entry is found in all four Gospels. So Matthew talks about it, Mark, Luke, and John. They all talk about the triumphal entry or Palm Sunday. Well, we're going to be looking at John chapter 12, and so if you have a copy of God's Word, let me just invite you to take it out. And you can follow along as I read uh, the triumphal entry or Palm Sunday here from the Gospel of John. So we're in John chapter 12, and we begin with verse 12 as well. Here's how the story goes. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey, and he sat upon it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that they had, and that they had done these things to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had given this miraculous sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Here ends the reading of the triumphal entry from the Gospel of John. Well, this morning's message, I've entitled Dissatisfaction at the Parade, okay? Dissatisfaction at the Parade. Even though this was a very festive time in Israel's history, you see they're coming up, coming up on Passover, a Jewish celebration that was uh, very, very important to them, and so there was a lot of festivities. But even though uh, this was a festive time, we do find a number of people groups 
who ended up being frustrated and dissatisfied with Holy Week, okay? And it begins today with Palm Sunday. They're upset, they're, they're frustrated, and they're dissatisfied. Well, let me introduce you to these particular people groups who are dissatisfied. So come along with me on this particular parade, Palm Sunday, when people are proclaiming and celebrating the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. There's all kinds of people, but there's some people, instead of being happy, though happy maybe at first, become dissatisfied and grumpy. So let's talk about them. There's one group that we call the vacationing spectators. The vacationing spectators. The people of Jerusalem were gearing up to celebrate the Passover, as I said a little bit moments ago. And so many people were excited to make the journey to Jerusalem. Now, one of the primary reasons that people were excited about going to Jerusalem was because they had heard news that Jesus would be in Jerusalem. Not just Jesus, but the fact that Jesus is a miracle worker. He has done some fascinating things. Supernatural abilities were on display. And so people are excited and people are showing up in order to get a good look at this man called Jesus. For example, probably maybe about two weeks prior to Palm Sunday, prior to this day when Jesus rides into Jerusalem, uh, about two weeks earlier, Jesus raised his good friend Lazarus back from the dead. Remember Lazarus, he'd been dead four days. Jesus shows up and he calls forth Lazarus' name. And of course, Lazarus comes out of the tomb after being dead for four days. There were people there. They saw this take place and so they were excited. And when you got good news, you just don't keep it to yourself. You begin talking about it. So people are talking about the miracle worker, Jesus. And they want to see Jesus in action. So they are showing up on Palm Sunday at this parade to see what this man is all about. John chapter 12, verses 17 and 18 says this, Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had given this miraculous sign, went out to meet Jesus. So the first group of people that are at the parade on Palm Sunday wanting to see Jesus are, are what I call the vacationing spectators. They show up because it's their duty to celebrate the Passover, but they're saying, let's make this more than just a visit for Passover. Let's make it a good time. Let's see what this Jesus fellow is all about. Now, the trouble with vacationing spectators is that they are very fickle. Okay? Vacationing spectators are fickle. If the show is good, they are happy. But if the production doesn't meet their standards, they become a critic. Okay? They become a critic. So here we have a bunch of vacationing uh, spectators. They want to see this Jesus who does wonderful miracles. They want to see him in action. But a lot of people didn't get to see Jesus in action. In fact, a few days later, a few days later, 
these spectators, vacationing spectators, instead of, instead of hollering, hey, you know, let's celebrate Jesus, here's what happens in Matthew 27. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. So this passage here in Matthew, of course, is talking about when Jesus was placed up on the cross. And he's given his very life for us. But there's people who are dissatisfied, who are frustrated. They're walking by, and they see Jesus on the cross, and taking one more shot, a pot shot, if you will. They're saying, hey, I didn't get to see my miracle. I didn't see a good show. But hey, one more time, why don't you take yourself off the cross? that I can have a good vacation. They're looking for something. They're looking for something. So we have the vacationing spectators. Let's press on. There are some more faces here at the parade on Palm Sunday as they watch Jesus ride in on the back of this donkey, the colt of a donkey. The next group are what we call political spectators. We move from the vacationing spectators to the political spectators. Here's what we learn about them from Matthew chapter 21. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt. They placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest. Now from this passage, we have a group of people who are looking for a political leader, okay? That's why we call them political spectators. They are looking for a political leader. They're tired of the Roman domination. They need a change in presidency is what they're saying. We need somebody else in control who is boss that can maybe meet my needs. So they're tired of the political system that is working right now. And this very expectation that they want something political is encapsulated in the word Hosanna. Remember? Hosanna to the son of David. And what does that word Hosanna mean? It means save us. Save us now. So they're proclaiming, these spectators, these political spectators, they're proclaiming, hey, we need a change in the presidency. And this is the man. He's riding on this donkey. We want this man to be in power because he's going to change things and he's going to make things better. So we have our political spectators. But like vacationing spectators, political spectators are also fickle. They're fickle. As long as you govern according to my expectations or your expectations, you're the greatest leader in the world. However, if our expectations are not met, it's time for a new leader. Okay? It's time for a new leader. In fact, listen to the words of the political spectators just a few days after Jesus comes riding in, and they're hollering, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna! Here's their chant now. Mark chapter 15. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked. Crucify him, they shouted. 
Why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him. Political spectators are fickle. There's a third group of people at the parade. They're the religious spectators. Religious spectators. Jesus did not fit the religious spectators' idea of religion. Jesus didn't fit. Consequently, Jesus developed enemies because he didn't play by their rules. Again, we go back to Scripture. Here's what it says. One day, as he was teaching the people in the temple courts and preaching the gospel, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, our religious spectators, they came together with the elders, and they came to Jesus. And they said to him, Tell us by what authority you are doing these things. They said, Who gave you the, this authority? And of course, what they're talking about here is just a few days earlier, Jesus entered the temple, and of course, the people were using their, the temple as a supermarket, not a place of worship. Jesus was upset, overturned the tables of the money changers and so forth. So, the leaders, religious leaders, saying, hey, who gave you the right? By what authority are you doing these crazy things? Well, Jesus replied, I will ask you a question. Tell me. John's baptism, was it from heaven or from men? Well, they discussed it among themselves and said, well, if we say from heaven, he will ask, well, why didn't you believe him? But if we say from men, all the people will stone us because they are persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answered, we don't know where it was from. Jesus said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. To the religious spectators, Jesus was a threat. Jesus was a threat because Jesus challenged people to move out of the status quo of their life and pursue more. Uh, Jesus moved people to look below their religious facade, and they didn't like it. So rather than improve spiritually, the religious leaders began plotting how they can eliminate Jesus Christ. It's interesting to note, too, not only did these Religious spectators tried to develop a plan for Jesus' demise. Remember we talked about Jesus' good friend who came back to life after four days of death? They were planning to eliminate Lazarus as well. Why? Because people were excited about what he was doing, how he was changing things, the hope he was bringing. But since Jesus wasn't fitting with the religious game, 
They wanted to get rid of him. The religious spectators. Well, there's another group, and this is the fourth group and final group, that was at the parade on Palm Sunday watching Jesus ride the donkey into town. This group I call more than a spectator. More than a spectator. You see, this group of people, those who are more than spectators, these people believed in the prophecies that were given for Jesus. They believed them. They believed in Jesus' ministry and the things that he did. You know, he was more, he was not a magician, you know. I mean, they, they saw more and they believed. The, these were what you'd call Christ followers. They're following Jesus Christ. Early in Jesus' ministry, he shared with the people that he is the bread of life. And that's in John chapter 6, verse 51. Here's what he said. Jesus shared, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Now, Jesus' words here, especially the ones I just read for you, they disturbed people. Uh, here's why it disturbed people. Some were claiming that Jesus was promoting some kind of cannibalism here. Okay? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who eats of me shall live. And so it disturbed people. And I said, well, we got some kind of a lunatic here. Uh, so they didn't like that. Uh, others had difficulty accepting the fact that he was the only way, okay, hear me on that. They, they were bothered the fact that Jesus claimed to be the only way to the Father. And so that disturbed people. So as a result, we read in John chapter 6, verse 66, there's a result that Jesus made some um, very, very uh, strict uh, comments. And he says, you know, I am the bread of life and I am the only way. And so in John chapter 6, verse 66, we have these words. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. So there are some that are abandoning Jesus here, okay? In that same Bible context where we have disciples abandoning Jesus, uh, Jesus brings a question. And he turns to his 12 disciples and he says, You do not want to leave too, do you? Do you want to leave also? This is what Jesus is asking. And Simon Peter, one of the 12, said this, Lord, to who shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Son of God. They're more than spectators. Do you see that? They're more. This group of people uh, were in a relationship with Jesus Christ. They believed that Jesus alone could bring life. We're talking about spiritual, eternal life. And because of that, they followed him. They were more than spectators. They had bought in to Jesus' way and it bought into him as being the only way. 
They were more than spectators. So as we reflect on Palm Sunday, and as we kind of envision ourselves standing along the road as Jesus rides into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey colt, you don't realize this as you're there, but you're rubbing shoulders with people who are dissatisfied and frustrated. We have the vacationing spectators who are there for the Passover, the celebration, looking for a good show. We have the political people who say, you know, it's time for a change in the Oval Office. Let's get this guy. Maybe he can do something. We also have the religious spectators. They're looking for conformity. They want somebody to play their game, but Jesus didn't. And then we have more than spectators. That last group that was looking for life. That last group that was looking for hope. That last group that was looking for forgiveness. And you know what? They found it. They found it because they were more than spectators. So as we apply this particular story to our life on this particular day, this Palm Sunday, as we begin Holy Week, we need to ask ourselves, you know, evaluation questions. Am I a vacationer when it comes to Jesus Christ? I'm looking for a good show. I want him to make me happy. I want him to make me feel good. Or are you maybe more a, a political person? Man, this world is falling to pieces. We need somebody new. Maybe, maybe God can do something about it. Or maybe you're more of a religious person. Remember we talked about conformity. Religious people want things done according to their plan, their way. Jesus doesn't fit with the religious system. He doesn't play the game. But we want him to play the game sometimes. So do you find yourself wanting Jesus to do things your way? Or are you more than a spectator? Are you more? Are you looking for somebody who can bring forgiveness into your heart, cancel out all the bad, and give you new purpose? Are you looking for somebody who will give you a guaranteed hope? Not a wish, but a guaranteed hope that one day you'll be in his presence because of your faith in Jesus Christ. If that's who you are, you're more than a spectator. And today is definitely a day to be happy and celebrating. Let's pray together. God, thanks again for the story of the triumphal entry. It is a day of triumph because you conquered your enemies. And in particular, that enemy is the enemy of death. Death has no hold on us. And because of our faith and trust in your son, Jesus Christ, we will spend eternity in your presence. It's one thing to be a spectator. But Father God, thank you that we are more than spectators. We know the man who rode the donkey. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.